The Mystical City of God, The Incarnation, Book 3, Chapter 26. The Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Argreda, describes how the demons held a meeting in hell in order to take counsel against Most Holy Mary. 322. At the instant of the Incarnation of the Word, as I said in Chapter 11, 140, Lucifer and all hell felt the power of the right arm of the Almighty which hurled them to the deepest of the infernal caverns. There they remained overwhelmed for some days, until the Lord in His admirable providence allowed them to come forth from this captivity, the cause of which they did not know. The great dragon then arose and scoured the earth, spying it everywhere for new developments to which he might attribute the route which he and all his satellites had experienced. This search the proud prince of darkness would not trust entirely to his companions, but he himself issued forth in their company to course about upon the globe, seeking with the most cunning malice to find what he wanted. He spent in this search three months and finally returned to hell just as ignorant of the true cause as when he had come forth. For the great mysteries of heaven were not intelligible to him at that time, because the darkness of his malice did not permit him either to rejoice in their wonderful effects or to glorify and bless their author. This was reserved to us men, for whom redemption was inaugurated. 323. The enemy of God was very much confused and aggrieved, without knowing how to account for it. In order to discuss the matter, he called together all the infernal hosts, without excusing or permitting a single one of the demons to be absent. In this convention, from a place of vantage, he addressed the meeting in this manner. My subjects, you well know that with great anxiety, ever since God has cast us out from his dwelling and deprived us of our might, I have sought to avenge myself and tried to destroy the power of the Almighty. Although I cannot do anything to injure him, I have spared no time or exertion in extending my dominion over men whom he loves. By my own strength I have peopled my reign, Job 41.25, and many nations and tribes obey and follow me, Luke 4.6, day by day I draw toward myself innumerable souls depriving them of the knowledge and possession of God, in order that they may not enjoy the happiness which we have lost. I ensnare them to these eternal pains which we suffer since they will follow my teachings and guidance. On them I will wreak the vengeance which I have conceived against their Creator. But all this appears of small consequence to me in the face of the sudden overthrow which we have experienced. For an attack so powerful and ruinous has not happened to us since we were hurled from heaven. I must acknowledge that as well as yours, my power has met a serious shock. This new and extraordinary defeat must have some new cause, and our weakness I fear, is the beginning of our ruin. 324. This matter will require renewed diligence, for my fury is unquenchable and my vengeance remains insatiable. I have scoured the whole earth, observed all its inhabitants with great care, and yet I have found nothing notable. I have watched and persecuted all the virtuous and perfect women who are of the race of her whom we saw in heaven and whom I expected to meet among them. But I find no sign of her having as yet been born, for I do not find one who possesses the marks of her who is to be the mother of the Messiah, a maiden whom I feared on account of her great virtues, and whom I persecuted in the temple, is already married, and therefore she cannot be the one we look for, since Isaiah says she is to be a virgin, 
Isaiah chapter 7:14. Nevertheless, I fear and detest this maiden, since such a virtuous woman might give birth to the mother of the Messiah or to some great prophet. To this hour I have not been able to overcome her in anything, and of her life I understand less than of that of others. She has always valiantly resisted me, as she eludes my memory. Or remembering her, I cannot approach her. I have not yet been able to decide whether these difficulties in regard to her are miraculous, or arise from my forgetfulness, or whether they are simply the consequences of the contempt in which I hold such an insignificant maiden. But I will consider this matter. For recently we could not resist the power of her command, by which we were dispossessed of our right to dwell in those persons from whom she drove us. This certainly requires satisfaction, and she merits my wrath solely on account of what she has shown herself to be on these occasions. I resolve to persecute her and overcome her, and you yourselves assist me in this enterprise with all your strength and malice. Those who will distinguish themselves in this conquest shall receive great rewards at my hands. 325. The whole infernal rabble, which had listened attentively to Lucifer, praised and approved his intentions, and they told him not to worry over this woman, for she would easily be overcome and he should not be without his triumphs over her, since his power was so great and ruled all the world. John 14.30 then they set about discussing the means of entrapping Most Holy Mary, supposing her to be a woman of distinguished and remarkable virtue and holiness, but not the mother of the incarnate Word. For at that time, as I have said, the demons were ignorant of the hidden sacrament connected with her. Accordingly Lucifer and his companions in malice immediately entered upon a mighty conflict with the heavenly princess, thus making it possible for her to crush the head of the infernal dragon many times, Genesis 3.15. Yet though this was a great battle, and one of the most remarkable conflicts of her life, she fought another one later on, after the ascension of her most holy son into heaven. I will speak of this later in this history. It was very remarkable, because Lucifer at that time already knew her as the mother of God. St. John speaks of it in the twelfth chapter of the Apocalypse, as I will explain in its place. 326. In dispensing the mysteries of the Incarnation the providence of the Most High was most admirable, and so it is even yet in the government of the Catholic Church. There is no doubt that it is befitting the strong and sweet providence of God to hide many things from the demons, which are better unknown to them as well because they are unworthy of knowing the sacred mysteries, for the reason given above in number 318, as also because the divine power becomes more manifest in keeping the demons in subjection. But it is especially necessary that they remain in ignorance in order that the works of God in the Church and His sacraments may take their course in greater peace, also in order that the unmeasured wrath of the demons may be more effectively curbed by not allowing them to proceed according to their malice. Although the Almighty could always repress and restrain the devils by force, yet He proceeds in this matter according to what is most appropriate to His infinite goodness. On this account the Lord concealed from these enemies the dignity of the Most Holy Mary and the wonderful manner of her pregnancy, as well as her virginal integrity before and after the birth and he concealed it still more effectively by giving her a husband. Likewise they were uncertain of the divinity of Christ our Lord until the moment of his death, 
Only then they saw that they had been deceived and misled in regard to many mysteries of the redemption. Instead of inciting the Jews to inflict upon him the most cruel death, they would have sought to prevent it, and they would have tried to retard our redemption by making known to the world that Christ is the true God. Therefore when St. Peter confessed him as such, Christ forbade him and the rest of the apostles to make it known to anyone, Matthew 16:20. Although, on account of the miracles he wrought and the exorcisms which he performed, Luke 8:28 they almost began to suspect him to be the Messiah and called him Son of God, yet his majesty would not allow them to publish it about. Nor did they call him so with certain conviction. For their suspicion subsided when they saw our Lord despised and fatigued, they could never penetrate the mystery of the Savior's humility and their inflated pride kept them in darkness. 327 since Lucifer then did not know the dignity of Mary the mother of God at the time of this persecution, fierce as it was, it was not so terrible as the one she suffered later on, when he knew who she was. If in this present occasion he had known that she was the one whom he had seen in heaven clothed with the sun, Revelations 12:1, and that she was to crush his head, Genesis 3:15, he would have been lashed into devouring fury and consumed in fiery wrath. If they were so fearfully enraged at the mere thought of her sanctity and perfection, it is certain, that had they known her greatness, they would as far as would be allowed them, have disturbed the whole universe, in order to make an end of her. However since they on the one hand were ignorant of the mysteries of the heavenly lady and other hand felt the effects of her extreme virtue and sanctity, they were on this occasion thrown into confusion and doubt, asking each other, who this woman could be, against whom they saw their power dwindle into insignificance. And whether perhaps she was not the one who was to hold first place among creatures. 328. Others judged that she could not possibly be the mother of the Messiah for whom men were waiting, for besides having a husband, she with her husband belonged to the poorest, humblest, and the most insignificant people in this world. They had wrought no public miracles or prodigies, nor had they attracted the esteem or reverence of any of their fellow men. As Lucifer and his associates are so proud, they could not persuade themselves that such extreme humility and self-debasement can consort with the dignity of Mother of God. Lucifer thought that God in his power would not choose for himself what the devil had considered unworthy of his own dignity, which he knew was beneath that of the Almighty. In short, he was deceived by his own arrogance and giddy pride, for these are the vices which are most apt to darken the intellect and to drag the will to ruin. On this account Solomon says, that their own malice has made them blind, Wisdom 2.21, in order that they might not know that the eternal word was to make use of such means in order to destroy the arrogance and haughtiness of the dragon. For his thoughts were distant from those of the Almighty farther than the earth is distant from heaven, Isaiah 55 9. He thought that God would come from heaven into the world with great show of strength and opposition, humiliating by his power the proud princes and monarchs, which the demon had filled with his own arrogance, and so well had he succeeded, that many who reigned before the time of Christ, were inflated with such pride and presumption, as to have lost their common sense and to have forgotten that they were mortal and earthly. 
Lucifer judged of all these things according to his own vanity and according to his own method of proceeding against the works of the Lord. 329. But the infinite wisdom took measures beyond all the calculations of Lucifer, for he came to conquer him not only by his omnipotence, but by humility, meekness, obedience and poverty, which are the weapons of his warfare, 2 Corinthians 10 4. Far from him are the empty show and vanity maintained by the riches of the world. He came disguised and hidden in the outward appearance of lowliness, he chose a poor mother. All that the world values he came to despise, teaching the true science of life in word and example. Thus the devil found himself deceived and overcome by the very things that were most repugnant and unbearable to him. 330 In ignorance of all these mysteries Lucifer spent some days in spying out and reconnoitering the natural condition of Most Holy Mary, her character, temperament, inclinations, the tranquility, evenness and considerateness of her conduct, but the enemy could discover no flaw. Seeing the perfection and sweetness of all that concerned her, and that she was like an impregnable wall, he returned to his demons and laid before them the great difficulty of tempting her. All of them projected mighty plans of attack, encouraging each other in trying to solve the difficulties. Of the execution of these designs, of the glorious triumphs of the heavenly princess over all her enemies, and of the foiling of all their damned and malicious counsels, I will speak in the following chapter. The instruction revealed to me by the Queen of Heaven, the Most Holy Mary. 331. My Daughter I wish that you be very cautious and watchful in regard to the ignorance and darkness by which the demon commonly ensnares mortals and makes them forget their eternal salvation and the continual danger of its loss through his persecutions. Men are lost in forgetful rest and sleep as if there were no vigilant and powerful enemies. This dreadful carelessness arises from two causes, on the one hand men are so taken up with their earthly and sensible being, 1 Corinthians 2.14, that they do not feel any other evils except those concerning the animal nature in them, all that is interior is harmless in their estimation. On the other hand since the princes of darkness are invisible and unperceived by any of the senses, Ephesians 6.12, and since carnal men neither touch, nor feel, nor see them, they forget the fear of them. Yet for this very reason they ought to be more attentive and careful, since invisible enemies are more cunning and adroit in injuring us by their treachery. So much the more certain is the danger, the more concealed it is, and so much the more deadly are the wounds, the less they are felt and recognized. 332. Listen my daughter, to most important truths concerning eternal life. Attend to my counsels, follow my instructions and receive my warnings, for if you pass them by unheeded, I will cease to speak to you. Hear what you have not until now known of the disposition of these enemies. I wish to make known to you that no intellect, nor any tongue of man or angels can describe the wrath and fury which Lucifer and his demons entertain against mortals just because they are images of God and because they are capable of enjoying him for all eternity. 
The Lord alone can comprehend the wicked malice of these proud and rebellious spirits against his holy name and against his worship. If these foes were not restrained by his almighty arm they would in one moment destroy the world, they would, like famishing lions, like wild beasts and fierce dragons, dispatch all mankind and tear them to pieces. Now however the most kind father of all mercies wards off and curbs their wrath and he bears his little children in his arms in order that they may not fall a prey to these hellish wolves. 333. Consider then, as seriously as you can, whether anything deserves greater pity than to see so many men misled into danger and made forgetful of it. How some of them cast themselves into it on account of their light-heartedness, some of them for trivial reasons, others for a short and instantaneous pleasure, others through negligence, and yet others on account of their inordinate appetites, tearing themselves away from the places of refuge, in which the Almighty has placed them, to fall into the hands of such cruel and furious enemies, and not only to feel their fury for an hour, a day, a month, or a year, but to suffer indescribable and unmeasured torments for all eternity. You should be filled with fear and wonder my daughter, to see such horrible and dreadful foolishness among the impenitent mortals and to see even the faithful, who have come to know and confess all this by faith, so far lose their understanding and allow themselves to be so insanely blinded by the devil that they neither regard nor avoid this danger. 334. In order that you may fear it and preserve yourself the better, remember that this dragon knows you and lurks about you ever since the hour of your creation and entrance into this world. Night and day he restlessly prowls about seeking some chance of capturing you as a prize. He observes your natural inclinations and also the gifts of the Lord, in order to combat you with your own weapons. He charges other demons with your ruin and promises reward to those that are more diligent in securing it. They weigh your actions carefully, watch your footsteps, and work zealously to lay snares for you in all your undertakings. I desire you to meditate on these truths in the Lord, who will show you whither they lead, compare them afterwards with your own experience and you will understand whether you have any occasion for sleep in the midst for such dangers. Although this watchfulness is important for all the woman born, it is more necessary to you than to others for especial reasons, and if I do not mention them all to you now, do not doubt, that you must live with great vigilance and caution. It suffices to remind you of your soft and yielding nature, which your enemies will strive to make use of for your destruction.